Go into our intro vid. Gonna take a big old skid in my underwear, skid marks. Hurry highway, Hershey highway, dookie in my pants. There's poop in there, there's poop in there. And we are live. Hey everyone, no dookie in this underwear. Welcome to Respawning <laughs> Fire. <laughs> <They're> gonna... <laughs> that was a pre that's a pre-podcast joke. Uh it's barf. It's barf right now. For Maybe I'll leave that Doom. in the audio. Please do, so it makes sense. <laughs> it's in the on demand. You know, version. coincidentally. Uh, a synonym for dookie, uh, as well as poo, is doo-doo. And uh, doom happens to be made up of D-O-O, do. Did you know that the the demon, or wait, the doom hunter, which is an enemy in this game, he and his friends colloquially, colloquially respond to, or refer to, the D... Fuck, I'm tripping up all my words. They call, <laughs> they call the doom hunter doo-doo. Like, that's that's his nickname. They're like, oh, oh they man, call him doo-doo? About to go face doo-doo on Mars right now. Which is weird because they don't have asses anymore. Got removed when they got turned into cyborgs. Wait a minute. You're right. I, I thought you meant all demons didn't have asses, but I saw a bunch of butts in this. There are lots of butts in this oh, game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The game we're talking about is Doom Eternal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doom Eternal? Doom, Who's Eternal? Yeah, Doom Eternal. Doo Doo Eternal. Everyone uh, came out. I'm going to, uh, we're going to talk about it. It's Barf. Backlog Accomplishment Respawn of Friends. We review an old game in a backlog. I got some basic stuff pulled from Wikipedia that we can talk about, and then we'll talk more about it. I know some of us have more knowledge than others. Um, I'll just start with this. This is my first time. Will you will you introduce the podcast and who we are and what barf means? Yeah, I'll do all that. That's what I just said. <laughs> I'm Adam. This is Adam. I'm your host for Barf, which is backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. We're talking about Doom Eternal from 2020. Today I have with me Chad. Do Michael Ennis. Hey, what's up? I also have Alex Poop <laughs> Cozina. Hello. What was that? You whispered. Yeah. Hello. Is that better for you? It'll show up in the podcast. I don't need to know what it is. Uh, today, <laughs> it was just, you know, the gate, whatever. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about Doom Eternal. Here, here's some stuff to start out. First of all, my first time ever playing it. Well, I played a, like the first level or two back around when it went on Game Pass, and I just never finished it. So this is my first time ever getting all the way through Doom. I also only got halfway through Doom 2016. So this is one of my first modern Doom experiences. What about for you two? Chad, we'll start with you. What's your Doom experience? Uh, I have played 2016. I have beat Eternal once when it first came out. Uh, and like you, I wish I could have stopped halfway through. But oh, no. I did like the game. No. <laughs> That's crazy. I just happened to stop through 2016. I actually like this game. Uh, Alex, what's your uh, Doom experience? Uh, I had no prior experience with any of the classic Doom games. Uh, I played Doom 2016 for the first time in 2019 when a certain video game podcast called Respawn Aim Fire uh, replayed the game as part of their uh, barf episode, Backlog Accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. We, can, we have to uh, sue them. That's our thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I really enjoyed it at the time, got a real kick out of it, uh, as we'll delve into a little bit more later in the podcast. Um, but I did not immediately jump into Doom Eternal when it first came out, just because it was a bit of a weird time. And I was also not as much in the habit of getting games when they first came out when it released back in the very beginning of 2020. Uh, so this is my first time playing through it, as well as the DLCs. All right, very cool. I got some basic stuff. I'll go through all of it, and then we can stop if we need to stop, and then we'll talk about our feelings, because I just want to get all the stuff out. All right, 
So Doom Returnal's first-person shooter, uh, developed by id Software and published by Bethesda, the sequel to Doom 2016, and the seventh game in the Doom series. It was released on March 20th, 2020, for PlayStation 4, Windows, Xbox One, and Stadia. Whoa! Hell yeah! Ooh, Hell yeah! Brick yeah! With hail with to the king, baby! <laughs> <laughs> with a version for Switch being released on December 8th of 2020. Oh yeah! I forgot um, about that. Current gen versions came out in 2021. Uh, set some time after the uh, after the events of the 2016 game, the story follows the Doomslayer once again on a mission to end Hell's consumption of Earth and foil the alien maker's plan to exterminate humanity. Uh, this is just like a little note that I put in here, and maybe we'll talk about it more. Maybe Alex knows more. But apparently, all of the Doom, game, Doom games have some sort of shared continuity, with this game yes. having di direct reference to Doom 64, as well as uh, many of the named enemies and weapons part of Doom lore. Uh, which I is, mean, that's interesting. We're, we're getting real deep into the, the lore of this series right off the bat. If you want, I can delve into it and explain it to the best of my ability. Sure. I will say the one game. So I think it was Doom 2 on Game Boy Advance that I played mm. or something like that. And I remember Obviously the best version. Uh, of, uh, of course. Um, and I remember the bad guy that you fight at the end of this game being in that game. I'm like, huh? That name sounds familiar. <laughs> Uh, so, but go ahead and talk about our. All these games are literally connected somehow. The, the way I understand it, like for the record, I'm not like a Doom head. I'm not like extensively, exhaustively reading up Wikipedia entries, you know, understanding and just absorbing every single facet of these game stories. But I did do a little bit of research after I beat the game just to help myself understand a little bit more what was going on. Basically, the idea is you have Doom the original. Then you have Doom 2, which takes place after the original Doom. Then you have Doom 64. Doom 64 is not really thought of as being Doom 3 in popular culture, but it actually is like an entirely original campaign that chronologically takes place after Doom 2. Then Doom 64 ends with the Doom Slayer stuck in hell. And then from there, he somehow gets transported across time and space and ends up on the world uh, that the Sentinels belong to, which are like the other knights that he like befriends over the course of his adventures. The humans. And then those knights train him to be a Sentinel. And then the angel dudes come and they basically make him into like a super Sentinel murder guy. Then he goes to hell. And then he gets trapped in hell. He ends up in that coffin. And then that coffin is opened up at the beginning of Doom 2016. Yeah. I don't, for the record, I don't know where Doom 3 uh, stands in the timeline. I don't know where any of the other spinoffs uh, stand in the timeline. I only know those five games. What about yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson's movie? <laughs> uh, let's say that's a side continuity. There was a my I had a an AOL screen name inspired by who played someone plays Grim in that movie G R I M M and I just thought that was just so cool that it was Grim Carl with Urban two maybe? M's maybe is it Carl oh Urban? no it wasn't a screen hmm. name it was a character that I made in uh, um, Guild Wars was named Grim actually uh, talking about the continuity just reminded me of something uh, you might remember how a few years ago they actually re-released doom 20 uh, not doom 2016 doom 64 on modern day mm. consoles for that re-release of doom 64 they actually added a new level to the end of that game that like very kind of loosely ties into the events of doom eternal like, yeah. it's not like it, like, explicitly, it's like, and this is how Doom got to uh, the, the world of, of the Sentinels. It just kind of 
helps again make it so that there's a little bit more of a cohesive narrative through line through all the games yeah apparently the flashback in the gladiator before the gladiator fight is like from doom 64 and he's like oh rip and tear and they're like oh we can use this dude but yeah it's the same doom guy slayer they're all the same all the same man um but yeah, it is by the way it was carl urban you're right he's just Called a cool it. dude like the freaking awesome. the boys dread grim uh lord of the rings um <laughs> all right so this one's fun um so march 20th 2020 everyone remembers it uh the release date for doom eternal uh came to coincide with that of animal crossing new horizon indeed Due to demand yeah. for both games and in light of the COVID 19 pandemic gamestop decided to begin selling doom eternal one day early to minimize crowding uh the stark contrast in tone between both games um prompted light-hearted crossover art featuring doom guy and animal crossings Isabel as best friends, which I remember seeing all the time. Where yep. it's like, yeah, him in hell, and she's on his shoulder, and they're hanging out, which is like a fun meme moment. Back when um, I was doing press while I see, we called that episode when both those games uh, came out. Animal Crossing is doomed with doom all capitalized. Oh, it was a moment. Oh, it was fun. Which one do you guys prefer out of Animal Crossing and Doom, uh, doom. Eternal? Uh, Doom Eternal, I've not 100%. played Animal Crossing, so I'm going to go Doom. Oh, Alex, you're the best person I've ever met. Thank you for not succumbing to society's demands. Don't succumb. <laughs> um, and the last bit, I didn't do too much on it because it's kind of complicated, but basically there's a bunch of uh, drama with Mick Gordon back and forth. Yeah. Who did this, who did that. But basically the soundtrack is full of quote-unquote metal screamers. So I think the soundtrack's really cool. It's got a lot of classic metal screamo people. Um... And yeah, that's my stuff. We can start talking about the video game now if you would like to. Which should be fun. I will say, I'll go ahead and start it off. Um, man, I don't think for a first-person shooter, and this is a funny comparison to Chad because you play Destiny a lot. As far as a first-person shooter like flow and I would even say movement and platforming, fuck, does it get better than Doom? Holy shit, this game feels just so good to like Run around, run around, run around, stab, 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 gory yeah. kill, shoot this guy, shoot that guy. And you never reload. You just keep going, keep going. And I actually, and as much as I enjoy Destiny 2, whenever Chad's like, hey, let's do this dungeon, I'm like, is there platforming? I fucking hope <laughs> not because I'm not a huge fan of it. I like the platforming of this game. It's also a lot smaller and more contained than uh, something like a Destiny 2, like those big dungeons and stuff. But I just feel like when you think of, so I just recently beaten um, Hi-Fi Rush. Was, the entire time I was playing Hi-Fi Rush, I'm like, man, this game feels like Doom, just because it's... And again, again, that is a rhythm action game that's all about like staying on beat, moving on beat, and all of that. I'm like, Doom feels the same. I just feel like... It just feels perfect. It feels like arcade, like, at the high... It's like, a, someone's like, hey, make an arcade game, uh, and here's uh, $300 million to make it. And I was like, alright, Doom Eternal, have a good day. Uh, what about you guys? What do you think? Chad, you want to go first? Sure, yeah. I So, again, I, I have beat this game before and i have recorded my thoughts about this game at one point in history in our podcast i don't remember if my feelings today are the same as those so you might be able to go back and listen to something that directly contradicts what i say right now who cares fuck you um so i my what i remember my thoughts being on this game as well as 2016 is that i really 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 enjoy the gameplay a lot uh but by the end of the game i'm just ready for it to be over and so I like it was exhausted in 2016. I remember it just being like it just seemed like arena after arena after arena of just like nonstop. Hey, this time we throw 
five of these and four of those at you. And this time we're going to throw six of these and three of those and two of these at you. And just like, it's the same thing over and over. Doom Eternal, I did not feel that way. I felt like it was very varied. Ooh, that's fun to say. Uh, it was very varied. The uh, gunplay was incredible. Like the way that you're, the way that you're switching between things constantly whether it is like because you're out of ammo or because you're switching weapons because something works better on an enemy but you're just going from enemy to enemy to enemy you know flamethrower and then finishing people to get you know shield and health and and ammo and all that kind of stuff that it, the gameplay is just so fluid and so incredible and especially if you play it on a hdmi 2.1 enabled tv at 120 frames per second Ray tracing on, baby. Sexy, sexy. Um, so yeah, it feels excellent. But um, about halfway through the game, again, while I was playing it this time, I was just like, "There's a lot of other stuff I want to play right now." And yeah, this is getting this is getting a little exhausting. And I remember by the end by the end of the game last time I played it, especially that boss battle being it took me like 45 minutes, and it was just nonstop stressful, like adrenaline running 100. By the end of it, I was just like, "I need to take a nap for seven days." Um, yeah, especially by the time you get to the part with like the people, like the angel type people that are walking around, like that's, that's when I was like, okay, I'm ready for this game to be done. So I played about half of it this time. And then I watched a speed run of the rest of the game just to familiarize myself with it again. Um, but I think you're right. There is, if it were a tighter eight to 10 hour experience, it is the like perfect first person shooting experience. And even, even the platforming. I don't think there is any good first-person platforming out there that exists. I'm granted I've never played Mirror's Edge. Um, you also haven't played uh, Neon White. I have not yet played Neon White. Yeah, but I, I did not super enjoy the platforming in this game. But I, I do agree really? that like the gunplay and the traversal, like the, not traversal, but like moving around and killing things within an arena feels great. But like the jumping and swinging and chaining onto people and flinging yourself, it, like it didn't feel quite precise enough for me but um yeah it was it was dope i like the game a lot just wish it wasn't as long as it was i had a real good time with this game i think that the modern day doom reboot franchise is probably one of my favorite like first person shooter franchises if not uh, of the current moment possibly of all time i will say this and i'm interested in hearing your guys take on this i actually think that i slightly slightly prefer doom 2016 over eternal Ooh, um, why is that i think that this so i want to backtrack just a little bit to talk about doom 2016. like i said i played it in 2019 uh alongside you guys for barf at the time uh and i was just tremendously surprised by how much i enjoyed that game i loved so much of the kind of shooting mechanics in it i love the kind of like metroid prime-esque uh, approach to kind of exploration in its world in its uh, levels and its uh kind of map and all that stuff uh and also kind of pleasantly surprised by like the kind of story and lore or at least what there was of it, like being, you know, pretty interesting. Um, my one real issue with it at the time, however, was that, of course, I wanted to go and platinum it, uh, but that game notoriously had some pretty bugged trophies. And so after playing through it uh, my second way through, I still hadn't unlocked two trophies, one for completing all the rune trials and another for uh, completing all the like in-level challenges in it. And I basically read it up and people that uh, were more knowledgeable of the game than me were like, yeah, if you want to get those trophies, you're going to have to wipe your entire save data and just start over from the beginning. 
And so Yikes. I was like, all right, I'll put this off for the time being, and I'll come back to it a little bit later on. Uh, when you guys announced that you were going to be doing Doom Eternal for Barf, I was like, great, this will be my opportunity to replay through it. Replayed through it, got the Platinum, no problem at all. Jumped into Eternal uh, with my kind of fresh knowledge and impressions of Doom 2016. And right off the bat, the gunplay feels excellent, and Doom Eternal does a lot to kind of plus it even further. Uh, I love how Doom Eternal will actually show enemies getting ripped apart physically, which is like one of my small little complaints with 2016, is that oftentimes it was hard to tell if you were even damaging certain enemies, uh, especially enemies like the Pinkies, for example, who like have very specific weak points, for example. Um, I found Traversal, uh, unlike you, Chad, to be really good. I actually was surprised by how good uh, like first-person uh, wall climbing felt, considering that could have been really annoying because you can't really see a whole lot around you. Uh, music is incredible, and yeah, just like the whole kind of dance of combat, like being reduced down to almost no health and then managing to reclaim it because you use your little flame thingy and you get a lot of health orbs at the last minute is really good. Um, but I feel like the game takes a lot of shots and experiments a little bit in ways that I didn't particularly find super satisfying. Um, people brought this up a lot when the game came first, uh, first came out. And so I'm preaching to the choir a little bit, bringing this up, but I really was not a huge fan of the Marauder enemies. These are the oh, enemies I that fucking hate them. That's... Attack you with the ax and have like that shield that shields them from damage flash. when they're not attacking you. That's 100% the reason why I didn't continue the last part of the game. I just remembered that enemy and I was like, oh, fuck. I don't want to get into this. The thing <laughs> is, is like on their own, like conceptually, I kind of like uh, what they're going for there. It's sort of like it, it, it occurred to me as I was playing through the game that like this is almost like if you took punch out and turned it into a first person shooter. Like it's that same idea of like you're constantly waiting for the enemy's tells and trying to hit them in their weak points at the right moment. The problem is, is that like mixed into the general flow of combat in Doom Eternal, it kind of feels like like rubbing your tummy and patting your head at the same time. Like you're switching between having to constantly be on the move and shooting enemies to, nope, just waiting and moving slowly in place to deal with this other enemy. And so I, I really didn't love their kind of inclusion in that way. Um, and, I, uh, you know, what's of, of course frustrating on top of that is that they kind of bring back those mechanics for a few of the boss fights as well. There's that one boss fight where it's like in a gladiator pit where you're fighting an even beefier version of him. And it's like, oh man, this is like especially annoying because now he has even more hit points. Um, I also will say, don't love the way that they replaced uh, the rune trials in this game with the gore nests. Uh, where basically the idea is that uh, when you activate the gore nest, you trigger a kind of timed enemy encounter and you have to take down those enemies within the allotted amount of time. And if you fail to do so, you're stuck with uh, whatever little ammo that you're left with at the end of it. I just found that to be a change for the worse. I would have loved it if they had uh, kept it like the rune trials in the original 2016 game and made it so that you're teleported to like a, an arena where you're supplied with as much or as little ammo as you need to complete that challenge. Uh, and again, while I do uh, appreciate, you know, switching between weapons and being forced to kind of think on the fly in Doom Eternal, I did really feel again, especially coming off of Doom 2016, like there was really a dearth of ammo in this game. Like it, it felt like the game really kind of like forced me to perhaps too aggressive of, of a degree to kind of switch up what weapons I wanted to use at any given point. And I got a little bit frustrated by that uh, towards the end of the game. 
Yeah, that I I feel like the <clears throat> the lack of ammo was I appreciated it because it forced me to use weapons that I otherwise were just going to sit in my inventory and collect ammo and not do anything. Like the the plasma uh, gun like uh, there was no fucking way I was going to use that against most enemies unless I had to break their shields but so oftentimes that was the only thing I had left and I was like well shit now that's what I've got to use uh, so I appreciated that and it also like made me creatively think about how I was going to kill these things with um, like my things that give me ammo like I think it was a flamethrower that gives you ammo uh, when you kill somebody with like that's it's no it's uh, a flamethrower Armor. Chainsaw what? gives you ammo. Chainsaw gives you ammo. Yeah. gives you armor. Yeah. Uh, so it yep. made me think about like, all right, what other things other than my weapons do I need to do now to regain uh, what I need in the moment? So I appreciated that there was that dearth of ammo, and I think it forced me to do things I wouldn't normally do in the game. All right. Well, I will say uh, another thing that I liked, which was interesting. I remember them this being complained about 2016 at the time, where the enemy designs were like a new design sort of an idea. And then in this game, they're like, oh, how about we just bring back the sprites but put them in 3D? Because these, these motherfuckers in Doom Eternal are literally the same guys from the 90s. And I yeah, fucking love Yeah, we're looking at it. right now on the stream, we're yeah. looking at the manacles. Like, it, and it has all three, this is the concept art. It has this version, what their back looks like, and the original sprite up in the corner. That's you mean cool the Mancubus? Mancubus, that's what it was. Right. The little dudes. The, just like the normal manacle? like humans the with the manacle? guns. A manacle is the thing that on your arms. Right. Yeah, like the handcuff. designs are great. No no complaints there. I will um, have, a, I have an issue. Not an issue. And I was hoping someone could give me more light on it. And it's not a huge issue. Sure. Because this game is very like, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. I can follow what's going on. But I, what is happening? <laughs> uh, I got to be honest. I was, here's the thing. For the most part, I was able to keep track of the bouncing ball as we went on with this game. I was really hoping at some point they would explain how we got to where Doom Guy is at at the start of the game. Because in case you forgot, the way that Doom 2016 ends is Doom Guy is like teleported to some unknown location by Samuel Hayden, the cyborg guy, and we don't know what happens next. And this game just starts out where he has a giant mobile fortress above the earth, and he's like, all right, I'm going to just teleport into exactly where I need to be. And they never explain that part. I mean, I can... The basic gist of it is hell, uh, Earth is being invaded by Hell. He has to defeat the three MacGuffin uh, hell priests so that he can prevent the invasion from continuing and then he's got to go to heaven because in heaven they're trying to revive a big demon called the icon of sin he kills the angels that are trying to revive him and then he kills the demon that's the gist of it oh my thing all right so in the, in 2016 yeah like they were they were harnessing energy right yes and the energy turned out to be hell energy that they just yes. they were not aware. And then they're yeah. like, oh, you've messed with us, so now we're going to invade Earth, correct? Is that the gist of 2016? I mean, I think it's... I think that the the people decided to invade Hell just for the sake of it. I don't think there was necessarily like a correlation between them harvesting the Argent Hell energy. Yeah, Argent the way energy I understood it. I was like, what's happening? Again, um, I, wish, I wish that they yeah. had explained, like provided just a little bit more context of why the game opens up the way it opens up. Yeah. It's not a huge deal because they skip over. It's like yeah. very like, keep going. If they spent 20 minutes on it, I know what's happening, I'd be upset. And two more questions then. The guy, the other Slayer we meet, what's that guy about? Like, he's like, here's a thing, take it. And I'm like, whoa, there's another guy who looks this, just like me. 
Is this a guy that you encounter in hell towards the beginning of the game? It's very, yeah, it's very early on. His deal, they, most of this is explained within like the like logs that you get as you oh, explore the game. Yeah, <laughs> um, basically, like millennia ago, he was part of this strike team that went uh, into hell, or no, I think hell was invading their planet, which was called Argent Dinur, and basically he betrayed the team because hell got his child, and then basically they were able to absorb his realm into hell. And so he basically is just stuck there as like his eternal torment. Okay. And the last thing, which I think is really cool, is that yeah. our ideas of, of Christianity of like, oh, hell and heaven and all this are just like heaven, quote unquote, the makers. Like they appear as angels, but they're just fucking squid aliens. They're just squid <laughs> yeah. aliens. And they made a deal with devils so that they could harvest humans for energy. That's all that it is. I think it's really cool, like, oh, demons and hell and everyone repent to God. And it's like, no, nah, it's just an alien. It's just a big fucking squid <laughs> alien, dude. I kind of like that. I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, interesting. It's still fun. That's all that mattered to me. It was fun. Yeah, it's a very, very well-designed, fun-to-play game. And none of us played it because I'm sure it's bad. But what was up with battle mode? Oh, I did not play it. Yeah, I did not play it. Yeah, I just know that they added like a whole multiplayer thing to this game, and I, I assume no one played it because I don't know a single person. Wasn't it that like it. you could? Because there are parts Invade in this people. game where you take where you take over enemies, and you can be yeah. be that enemy enemy for a short time. And I think that was what this was. It was like people versus enemies, and like one of you is a giant. Uh, what's the the rocket launcher imp guy? Revenant? Whatever that is. Um, yeah, one of you is that running around, and then the other three are doom slayers or something like that, and you're trying to take that person out or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up, but yeah, I believe it's just some like, yeah, invasion. You know, one guy's a Doom Slayer, everyone else is the is the monsters. And I just don't did know we, anyone who's ever played it. Did we not play the like Doom 2016's multiplayer mode as part of like a game night back in the day? We did very briefly, yeah. Yeah, it was fine. It yeah. wasn't like amazing. The funny thing about Doom 2016 is I remember when that game first came out, like initially, like reviews were a little bit uh, kind of on the tepid side, like IGN infamously gave 2016 a 7.1 out of 10, because the reviewer of the game like really took issue with its multiplayer suite not being all that. Uh, GameSpot gave it like an 8 out of 10, not, not like a that bad of a score, but again, like really like not super crazy about the multiplayer and i feel like it took it took a few months for everyone to kind of collect collectively realize like yeah the multiplayer in doom 2016 isn't great but the single player campaign is so good and we can kind of forgive its multiplayer for not being that great for that reason yep looking like battle mode is yeah one doom slayer um Players can either play as the Doom Slayer or as a demon and fight until the Doom Slayer defeats the demons or vice versa. And there's also a horde mode that was added as well. So yeah, interesting idea. Just I don't know anyone who's ever played it. So <laughs> that's part of the game. It is uh, uh it is linked to several trophies in that game though, unfortunately. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. I bet that's fun to have to do. Um all right. I don't know. Is there anything else, guys? We talked about it. Everyone well, seems to like it. Fun stuff. 
I, I don't want to hog the mic that much Go longer. For it, no, I want to hear all about the DLCs. You you played the DLCs. Tell That's me what's right. Up with those. Yeah. The DLCs. Yes, so yes. I didn't jump into any of the multiplayer content, but I wanted to be as thorough as possible. So I did check out the two single player story based campaigns for. Uh, doom eternals dlc uh there was the ancient gods part one and then the ancient gods part dos which is two in spanish it's so uh, wild that they named them in different languages <laughs> yeah uh so here's the thing the ancient gods part one not my favorite piece of doom content ever um the thing with that campaign is it's three different levels spread across earth uh hell and heaven and whew, Man, they really shoved as many enemies as they possibly could in that campaign as possible. Like, it straight up... I, I tweeted this uh, as I was playing through it. It straight up felt like like World War One, like, jumping from trenches to trenches. Like, it felt like the line was never moving as I tried to progress through those levels because it would just throw so many fucking enemies at me. And eventually, at some point, I was just like, I can probably beat this DLC episode on, like, normal difficulty, but I'm just going to bump it down to easy just so I can get this out of the way as fast as possible. Uh, didn't love that. Um, the levels themselves are, like, still, like, creatively interesting, visually interesting. There's also some interesting uh, story developments that are revealed at the end of the DLC concerning Samuel Hayden, the cyborg dude uh, from the campaign, um, that I won't spoil here because I think that well, I don't know. Do you want me to spoil it? Spoiler, Ooh, spoiler baby. warning. Everyone spoiler. Right. Spoiler, spoiler warning. <laughs> the Dead for the Gods end Part 2. Of uh, uh, Doom Eternal, the Ancient Gods Part 1. Uh, so basically, it is revealed that Samuel Hayden, the cyborg dude who you first meet in Doom 2016 and returns halfway through Doom Eternal, is actually one of the angels. Turns out he's actually an angel called the Seraphim or the Sammer Maker uh, that basically eons ago um, basically struck a deal with this like king of the angels called the Father to like secret away the Father's essence uh, and basically was responsible for basically souping up the Doomslayer and turning him into like a super killing badass mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, this is spoilers for uh, Doom Eternal, The Ancient Gods Part 2. Uh, it turns out that um, the AI uh, that uh, you're introduced to in Doom 2016, uh, fuck, what's it called? Vega? It, it's Something like that? Vega, yes, Vega. Mm -hmm. Turns out that Vega uh, was actually based off of the consciousness of this figure called the Father. Uh, basically, after he perished his... Like consciousness was like converted into an AI. It's complicated, but basically he's another supernatural figure that was hiding out as an AI. Mm -hmm. uh, and That's spoiled, by the way, in the game. Yeah. Whenever you're trying to align the things to go on and you put it down and it's you can't hear it, but if you have subtitles on, it says like in Doctor Something's voice. And what he yeah. says. It's like, oh, that's that AI is the person, apparently. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I it, never have subtitles. It, it was on. a pretty cool reveal because like it's entirely possible that the people over at it just crafted some of these like narrative twists on the spot and that this wasn't the plan to have it be this way all along. But I feel like you go back and play through Doom 2016, some of the 
dialogue exchanges that Samuel Hayden has with the doom guy, or, or like that scene where you first travel to hell and you're seeing like the holograms of Samuel Hayden and the other people from the UIC Mars Institute, uh, like discover his coffin, like some of the ways that he acts, some of the dialogue that he says suggests that he knows more going on than he first lets on. And so pretty cool reveal and made cooler if this was the plan all along. Question, um, but real yeah, quick before you yes. go on to two, whenever you fight the squid lady, I'm keep calling her squid lady. I know she's an angel, whatever yeah. the maker and she, you kill her. And then there, it says like, again, sorry, Chad, you don't use subtitles. I always do. Where it's like <laughs> disembodied voice, like screams. No, in the background. Is that the guy that we're talking about? The big, bad main guy? I don't know. Okay. Somebody yeah, screams when you kill her is all I know. And it's a big boot. Uh, like bassy male voice whenever you kill her and he's like no i'll, I'll have to go and rewatch the cutscene because i wasn't actively thinking at the time like oh yeah. that's vega i'm assuming the you know what or whatever confirmed here adam confirmed it, that's what it is. <laughs> there we go adam's confirming it adam's rewriting doom lore uh doom eternal the ancient gods part two much better than part one uh they lay off on the difficulty a lot combat encounters are uh a lot more varied but also not as long as they were uh in part one um here's the thing about part two in part one they introduce an enemy that's kind of a riff on the marauder but it's like an angel version of the marauder where you can only attack it uh when it kind of briefly flashes as well it's one hit ko but you can only attack it when it reveals mm. its weak spot doom eternal the ancient gods part two they introduce another riff on this kind of enemy that's i think it's like the armored hell knight and the thing with the armored hell knight is that uh it also has a weakness that it will briefly flash where if you hit that uh, weak spot when it does so it'll like eradicate all its armor or you can just like slowly wear down its armor with a plasma rifle and the moment that they introduce the enemy and explain that that's how it's like combat mechanics work i was like okay great we figured out how to do this kind of enemy make it so that people who want to be super precise and hit the weak spot at the exact moment it's flashes can do that but if you just want to shoot shoot shooty shoot you can just do that as well and get it over yeah. with uh, so I really I like that. that. That was my issue with the Marauders. That, like, it, it wasn't that if you didn't hit, like, if you didn't hit it, all you're doing is wasting ammo because it was blocking it with the shield or like. So that's it's good to hear that they finally were like, yeah, let's let you at least make some progress if you don't get the right timing. Yeah, uh, they also uh, they turned the uh, the super shotguns meat hook into way more of a traversal mechanic this time around. They mm. introduced like little floating things that you can kind of hook the uh, meat hook of the super shotgun around and kind of use it to traverse through the environment. I don't necessarily know, Chad, if you would love it, but I personally enjoyed it and like hopefully like this is like a test bed for like future stuff that they might want to experiment with further and polish further in the future of the series. Um, only thing I didn't love about uh, the ancient gods part two is the final boss is really frustrating, but not in the way you might expect. Basically the final boss uh, of the DLC is Satan for all intents and purposes. Um, and the thing about Satan is uh, when you are damaging him while he's weakened, uh, he'll drop a crazy amount of health orbs and he'll like instantly fill up all your health. However, if he hits you with his sword, he will basically steal a bunch of your health and heal himself up. And I'm mm. not joking for like the first 10 minutes of the boss fight. It was just a war of attrition of he would heal himself with a bunch of my health. I would heal myself with a bunch of his health. And it took 10 minutes for me to finally like 
just avoid being damaged long enough and damage him long enough to move on with the rest of the battle. So I did not love that. Uh, but other than that, uh, The Ancient Gods Part 2, a good time. Um, it is a little unfortunate that you kind of have to suffer through the first part to get there, but worthwhile otherwise. What's the approximate like gameplay length of each of those chapters of part one and part two? I would say that like part one is probably like, like six to seven hours total. Uh, part two is like four hours. Damn. That's almost like an entire extra game. Yeah. It's like, I would say like two thirds, like halfway to two thirds the length of Eternal. Okay. By the way, I'm just looking up the, the story ending to the, the DLC, and that is wild. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think that's it. Anything else from anybody? Uh, what are we doing next month? Or I was going to say, next month, month for Barf, um, we are doing Wario Land 3. Is that correct? Ooh, yeah. Not to be confused with Super Mario Land 3 Wario Land. This is Wario Land uh-huh. 3. Is it not the same game? <laughs> no. No. Wario Land 1 is Super Mario Land 3. <laughs> but this is Wario Land 3. A- available Wario on Switch Land Online, 3. correct? Isn't that the main Correct, thing? yes. All the games okay. this month were available on Nintendo Switch Online service, uh, or you could play them on your Game Boy or Analog Pocket or other methods. Mm-hmm. So you're right. playing Wario Land 3? And that was, uh, that was our first time experimenting with having Twitter have a say in it. Um, again, they, Twitter has one collective vote towards the Patreon poll, and it ended up being a tie-breaking vote. So good thing we had it this year, this month. Very good. Yeah. Very cool. All right, that's it for this episode of Barf. Make sure to join us on our regular episodes and all the other Barf episodes. Uh, as we say in the industry, get those poop streaks out of your underwear. <laughs>